What is good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Stats and Mags. I am Stats, Rob Guerrera, and she is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, how are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, I'm not going to lie. This show is going to get off to a weird start <laughs> because I saw a tweet this morning that apparently like has become a thing, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. The tweet comes from at Ms. J., who says, so I'm on a date right now, and this man showed up wearing an Aeropostal shirt. I should have stayed my ass home, dog. I'm never going to find love. <laughs> and then she followed it up with a picture of the shirt. It's yellow and blue stripes with big red A-E-R-O right across the chest. So there's no mistaking it's Aeropostal. And it's like it has taken over Twitter. People are chiming in. First of all, you're on a date with someone and they show up wearing Aeropostale. Your reaction? Uh, yeah, I also would have her same exact reaction. If you're not a 13-year-old child <laughs> in uh, just heading into high school or middle school, you don't wear Aeropostale anymore. I'm sorry. That was, I mean, I loved it back in the day when I, you know, it was, it was a big brand back it was in- cheap. Back in the early 2000s, I loved it. Yes, it was cheap. It was way cheaper than Hollister, but it had the same yep. look. But also, I would feel the same way if a guy showed up in Hollister uh, clothes right now. Like, hey, just stop going to the mall. Who goes to the mall? Ojo Cinco chimed in on this tweet. He quote tweeted it and said, what's wrong with Aeropostale? You only wear it if you're a teenager. And I don't even know if teenagers wear it nowadays. I'm, I'm old now. I'm almost 30. But 15 years ago, it was cool. I don't know if it's so cool anymore. Also pay okay. more than actually the shirt I'm wearing right now is only $5 from Target. So I shouldn't be talking. But if you're going on a date, maybe wear a shirt that's more expensive than $10 from Aeropostale. Okay. So you sit down at the table. The shirt is there. Are, do you Number one, is it a good thing? Because you're like, all right, this is going to be you know two hours of my life, whatever. And then I'm going to be done and it's fine. Or does the person have a chance to dig themselves out of the hole? Uh, I don't know. I don't even like. Care. I don't even care about clothes whatsoever. I don't care about branding. I'd rather him show up in just a Target plain T-shirt than an Aeropostale shirt because it, it it's just a child's brand. Don't be. <laughs> you can't be wearing a child's brand. That's my biggest concern. I don't care how much you spend on your clothes, but it, it's a child's brand. Okay. I see. I didn't know. Like, there's a term. There's an expression. You can. You can't win a golf tournament on Thursday, but you can lose it. I didn't know that you could lose the date by your choice of shirt. I think your best bet is to go with a shirt with no brand name on it, so no one can right. judge you. Just go with a nice, regular, plain shirt. All right. Thank, I'm lucky. I met my wife in high school, so I didn't have to play that game. See, you were probably uh, wearing Aeropostel when you met your I wife in high was. school. <laughs> I definitely was wearing Aeropostel at some point. I, In fact, I can guarantee you I wore it on a date with her, but she might have been wearing it too, so it worked out. It, yeah, exactly. Back in the day, that was fine. And at your age. Now, like if you saw a man, like one of your friends wearing Hollister, wouldn't you be like, that's weird? It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely call them out on that. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so we've gotten to the bottom of that mystery. Um, the next thing on the agenda, more football-related, is the Julio Jones stuff because that has dominated the week for the 49ers. The, the Falcons need to trade him. They only have about $500,000 in cap room right now. They can't even sign their draft class, and they already restructured Matt Ryan's deal, so they can't get any cap savings there. The, basically, the two options for the Falcons to renegotiate are Grady Jarrett, 
and Julio Jones, and they haven't begun any discussions with Grady Jarrett about restructuring. So it seems like they're not going to going to touch his contract. That kind of only leaves Julio Jones as an option to save them some money. And so the trade rumors have been swirling. The 49ers have been mentioned in them because Kyle Shanahan obviously has a history with Julio Jones. When they were together, Julio had the second most single season receiving yards of anybody in NFL history. So clearly there's a connection there. What is your take on the Julio Jones trade rumors? I guess they really do probably have to do it. It doesn't make sense to me why they would restructure Matt Ryan and keep him uh, keep him there and then draft Kyle Pitts and then keep your defense so incredibly bad. They did nothing to fix their defense. <laughs> if you're just going to go and trade away Julio Jones, like it, it feels like you're in win-now mode because you're keeping Matt Ryan, because you're drafting an offensive weapon – it just seems silly to me to draft Kyle Pitts and then get rid of Julio Jones. But you're right. Like, they need to figure out their their cap situation. It does seem like Julio Jones is the only way to fix that because they definitely don't want to restructure him. He's already 32 years old. Wide receivers do drop off around this time, and he's already planning to make a ton of money next season. Like, you don't want to push that further down the road and be still paying him when he's like 35, 36 years old. That's a bad way to, you know, continue building your team as well. So I do think they need a trade. But do you want Julio Jones as a 49ers fan? So here's the thing. You mentioned uh, the salary, by the way. Julio makes $15.3 million in base salary this year. Here is my philosophy, and I, I want to say full out, I did not invent this. This was taught to me by uh, a guy I used to produce, Eric Casilius. I used to produce his show at ESPN and at NBC. He taught this to me, and I think it's brilliant, and I do this in honor of him, not to steal his shtick. But are you, by any chance, considering making a big purchase, Michelle? Um, not like, you know, some new clothes. I'm talking like a car a or, house. you know. Well, obviously, you are considering a house. In the next year is the hope. Okay. So here we go. This is perfect then. Here's what I do when I have to make a big purchase. I ask myself three questions. And if if I can answer yes to two out of the three questions, I'll never regret the purchase ever. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be a house, could be trading for a player, signing a player. This is the key. Here are the questions. Number one, do I love it? Number two, do I need it? Number three, is it a good deal? If you can answer yes to two out of those three, you'll never regret the purchase, right? If you love it and you need it, it doesn't matter if it's a good deal. If you need it and it's a good deal, it doesn't really matter if you love it. And if you love it and it's a good deal, it doesn't really matter if you need it. (laughs) If that makes sense. It does. So here we go. And then do you love it? First question, Julio Jones. Like this is not, if you have to think about it, you don't love it. Like right off the bat, do you love it? Julio Jones, what do you say? I mean, I love him as an NFL player in his prime. Like if he was a couple years younger, he does have the highest receiving yards per game in NFL history, minimum 50 games. So, yes, he is an absolutely amazing player. It's the age that starts to worry me in the drop-off. So, no. That's a no, then, That's right? a no, yeah. Okay. Do you need it? Do the 49ers need Julio Jones? No, they do not at all. 
that's what I'm, I, I don't think it's a good fit there. You have Brandon Ayuka, a good first round wide receiver that has so much potential. Devo Samuel, George Kittle it should be the focal point there, not Julio Jones. I don't think you need Julio Jones. See, okay, so we've already solved that. I don't even need to get to question number three. Is it a good deal? You've already decided. Like, this is this was sounds like it was easy for you. You're but out I, on Julio. I want to know your thoughts with those three questions. Do you love Julio Jones? No, I don't love Julio Jones. The guy's 32 years old. He missed seven games last year, and he's always hurt. I feel like Julio Jones has a perpetual hamstring strain. Like, yes. every week, it's like, is Julio going to play? He's banged up. And, like, yeah, most of the time he gets in there, but, like, it's constant with him, especially for fantasy owners. Like, he must drive them nuts. Oh, yeah, he's always, always hurt. Now, like you said, he normally plays through it, but – you never know. Is he going to actually get through the game? Like last year, he played some games, but you had him for a drive and then he sat out. He does. He does drive you crazy. And the 49ers already have so many guys that are yes. always injured. Do you really want another one? Exactly. Debo was always banged up. Ayuk was banged up last year. How many guys on this team are, are health questions already? Now you're going to bring in Julio Jones? I, no, I don't love it. Not at all. Do you need it? Do you think you need it? I would like to see an additional third wide receiver. Do they need Julio Jones? No. If they had to go into the season with Richie James and maybe, I don't know, Muhammad Sanu or Jalen Hurd, if he could ever get healthy, I think they could cobble together through all the guys on the roster the same production that they got from Kendrick Bourne last season. So, it would be great if they had another one. Do they need one? No. When I think of need, I think of like you're outside in the winter and you don't have a coat. You need a coat at that point. I don't think the 49ers are in that same situation with their third wide receiver. And I think it only makes sense to bring in Julio Jones if you were planning to go with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. If you're just going all out for that Super Bowl championship and you're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter. Putting in Trey Lance, who's a run-first quarterback, rookie year, he's going to need time to become a great pass passer. Like adding a Julio Jones doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think that's an interesting kind of perspective, right? Like, because if you get Julio, you're clearly in win-now mode. And so then, yeah, I do agree that it's kind of harder to bench Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like it's a harder sell in the locker room. If you're like, well, we traded all this stuff to get Julio Jones and now we're just going to let him, you know, play with a 21 year old rookie who's played one game in the last year. It, that's sort of a weird place to be in, even though I think the 49ers think that they're Super Bowl contenders this year. And Julio still has a 17 or a 19 million dollar cap hit in 2022. <laughs> A $19 million oh cap God. hit in 2023. Like he's an expensive wide receiver. And if you're looking at a, a hundred receiving yard games by draft class in 2020 season, like just like total combined per draft class, it was 20 games for the 2020 class. That's really impressive for rookies. 24 for 2019. You keep going down the list. 2014, you're still at 20 combined games. So the 2014 class, they're still thriving. But then it really starts to go down. 2013, 16 games. 2012 drops all the way to nine combined games from 2012 class. 2011, three combined games. 2010, two combined games. Like they fall off at a certain point. And I'm just scared that's where we're getting with Julio Jones. 
I completely agree with you. I mean, he's certainly not going to be getting any better at this point in his career. He's got a lot of mileage. Um, he can still be a productive player, but he's not. you're not trading for prime Julio Jones here. And the last question, is it a good deal? Obviously, we don't know because the deal hasn't been made yet. But I did see in The Athletic there was a proposed deal for the 49ers. And what it was, if we just kind of go off this, was a second-round pick in 2022 conditional on Jones playing at least 12 games and a third round pick in 2022 as well. And as part of the deal, by the way, uh, the Falcons would be paying part of Julio's deal. They would be paying about $5 million of it so that Julio would basically cost the 49ers $10 million uh, in cap room. I don't love that deal, Michelle, because the Niners already don't have a first round pick in 2022 because they traded it to move up to get Trey Lance. Now you're going to trade for Julio Jones and give up your second and a third round pick in 2022. I mean, we're going to be the Seahawks here with three picks in the whole damn class. I don't like that deal at all. No, and you need to build around Trey Lance. And I don't think building around Trey Lance is paying these draft picks for a 32 year old wide receiver. Cause by the time Trey Lance is going, like he's like, you feel really good about him. He's going into his third season. Like he's ready to blow up as a passer and as a runner, it's like, okay, well now Julio Jones is dead. Like he's, he's going to be done <laughs> in the NFL. So I, I just think that's silly. You need those draft picks to build around Trey Lance to help your cap space no, I, I don't think this is a good fit for them. I do think that's a fair price, and I don't think any team would be giving up a first-round pick for Julio Jones, not because he's not worth it talent-wise. I still think he's good when he's on the field, but that amount of money you have to pay plus the age plus all the injuries, like no one's – I think Atlanta's going to have to sell him pretty cheap uh, in order to get him off their books. If I'm going to trade for the 49ers or trade for a receiver and I'm the 49ers – the guy I want is not Julio Jones. The guy I want is Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the list here of the most receiving yards per game in NFL history, and I brought up Julio Jones was number one. Odell Beckham's number five. Like, he's also really good when he's on the field. Also another player that's always injured. And he and Baker Mayfield do not have a connection. It's not working out with the two. I think he does make the Browns team worse. That doesn't mean he's going to make every team worse. Uh, I think the Browns offense is so much better. Baker Mayfield is such a better quarterback when he's not just focusing on a one wide receiver. When he spreads the ball around, he's great. Odell makes him pass to him when he's not open and he throws a million interceptions his way. Now, I think in the Kyle Shanahan system, he's not going to be fed. Like he, I think they would control his attitude and his personality. Understand you're not going to be fed the ball 12 times a game, even 10 times a game. And he's just a weapon there. I like Odell with the 49ers way more than Julio Jones at this time in their careers. I think it costs more to get Odell Beckham Jr. because he's a better player. He's a younger player. He's only 28 years old. Uh, he does have injury history, like you mentioned, and that's obviously scary. But so does Julio Jones. So it, if we're talking about trading for a player with injury history, I would much rather have Odell Beckham Jr. Odell's already 28. Yes, he's 28 years old. Oh, I did not realize how old he was already. He is just one of those guys that feels like he is so incredibly talented, but it's just like he's not put it together lately. He hasn't really been able to stay on the field, and you're right. For, for a receiver that's as good as he is, he does kind of seem to have problems connecting with quarterbacks. I mean, if you had told me that the the 
sort of best connection that he was going to have in his career was with Eli Manning. Yeah. That would have stunned me to be honest with you. Um, if he came to San Francisco, like I think that it wouldn't be a, a big deal. I think the 49ers have a strong enough culture where if he came in and tried to, you know, bitch and moan and complain, I think he would get straightened out pretty quick. I don't think Kyle would have the patience for that. I don't think some of the other guys on the team, I could see George Kittle being like, dude, what are you like? What are you doing here? Like get in, get in line, fall in line. So I think that that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I agree. And, but maybe he wouldn't fit the locker room. I don't know. George Kittle, I really believe that your the 49ers offense is best when George Kittle's the focal point. And I don't think you should move away from that. He makes defenses completely change. Um, there is a stat from 2019 where when George Kittle was on the field, the the 49ers saw a light box 24.1% of the time when he was off the field. It was 9.7% of the time they saw a light box. (laughs) Their yards per carry for the running backs went way, way down when George Kittle's off the field. 3.5 compared to 5.0 when he's on the field. Uh, Just a completely different offense. It opens up everything when defenses have to worry about George Kittle. He is your star. I don't think you need to bring in another star. They don't have to, um, but if they're willing to, that would be the guy. Because I like even if you had to put Debo in the deal, right? If I'm if I'm giving up a second round pick, I'll give you a second. I'll give up two seconds. You could have a 2023, a 2022 second, and a 2023 second, and I'll throw in Debo Oof. to the Cleveland. You give me Odell Beckham Jr. and then we go Odell, Ayuk, Kittle. Holy crap! It sounds nice. It sounds nice, but we've now seen. And now I'm just scared because the difference between the Browns offense with and without Odell is pretty drastic. And it seems silly to say when you take this talented guy off the field, we're better, but it's just the truth. So what if that happens with the 49ers? They give up these draft picks that they really need to build around Trey Lance. I know getting Odell is building around Trey Lance. I I do like it better if you're going to give up a second and a third, much prefer to give it for Odell than Julio. I just, I think you just need to like take a breath. I think the 49ers need to just chillax. You've already like spent all your draft capital uh, moving up for your quarterback. Like just, I think work uh, just building around him through the draft is the correct way right now. It's funny. I mean, there is a 49ers fans are thirsty for this deal. Like when you ask 49ers fans what they want to hear about, it's all Julio Jones. It's always the first thing people say. And the reason I know this, Michelle, is because you threw out a tweet yesterday asking 49ers fans for some thoughts on what they want to hear about on today's episode. We got a couple responses, so we'll answer those questions when we come back. Your Twitter mailbag questions. We're back here on Stats and Mags. All right, Michelle, I saw your tweet yesterday. You asked, what do 49ers fans want to hear discussed about the team on a podcast, non-fantasy or fantasy related? We got a couple of answers here that I wanted to get to. First one comes from at FF Down Under, who says, not a 49er fan, but can you discuss the impact of Robert Sala leaving on the defense and whether they are going to be able to play with a lead as often? Yeah, I I think that's a big question. It's like it's something we're overlooking. Robert Sala was such a good leader, too. He made me so jealous. Like just as a (laughs) non like 49ers fan, I will be a huge one this year. I'm very excited to like jump into the fan base. But I was like, this dude is awesome. He got his players so riled up. They I felt like they would literally run through a brick wall for him. Like they love this dude. 
what if that connection isn't there with the next guy? I know Demeco is that how you say his name? Ryan, like he's Demeco Ryan. Yeah, he's been you know with the team as a coach, so the players should hopefully be familiar with him and like him. You would think they do if they promoted him, but. The 49ers have been such a good defense over the last two years. Do we see that fall back without Salah? We, we saw the sacks go down last year. We saw the turnovers, uh, the takeaways go down last year. Does that continue? Or once you get your healthy pieces back, your Nick Bosa, your D Ford, Javon Kinlaw in his second year, like hopefully we see those sack numbers come back up and them causing turnovers. Are you worried with Salah uh, leaving the team? I think it's a a factor that people haven't considered. They just kind of assume that things, it's going to be business as usual, but it's not, you know, a veteran guy now taking the reins as defensive coordinator. It's D'Amico Ryans. He's never been a defensive coordinator before. And I don't care what walk of life you're in, you're always going to be better at a job the more you do it. So there's going to be things where he's learning on the fly too. You know, so much of the focus is on the quarterback and Trey Lance and when can they get him up to speed? Well, he's not the only one that's got to get up to speed on stuff. D'Amico Ryans is is going to have to figure out how to be a defensive coordinator. You know, you can only learn so much about driving by watching somebody else do it. You got to get behind the wheel yourself and he's going to have to do that. And there are questions about this defense. Now, luckily, starting against Detroit and Philly, Seems like a nice soft landing for D'Amico Ryan. So that makes me feel a little better. But yeah, it's definitely a factor. And if they're not playing with that lead or if the defense is giving up a big amount of chunk plays and allowing offenses to score, then the 49ers kind of have to change up what they're used to, like running the ball often. They're going to have to throw more often, uh, get yards at a faster pace. I don't know if they have built the offense for that like the offense they have they need at least an above average defense so that worries me a little bit but I do think Nick Bosa coming back is such a big part of it and you just need D Ford to stay on the field like these big pieces Javon Kinlaw coming out last year he was thought of as one of the safest prospects like he's going to be a, a very good player I think going into his second year it's the secondary though that scares me a little bit and that's where uh, issues could arise you need to cause more turnovers or it's so hard to win in today's NFL without causing those turnovers yes and they don't have they don't get any turnovers out of their safeties they just flat out don't Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tar are good they don't allow big plays but they don't really make any big plays either so that means your turnovers are going to have to come from Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. And let's be honest, we don't even know how many games Jason Verrett's going to be able to play because he has one of the sketchiest injury histories of anybody in the league. So it's definitely a question mark. The secondary is thin for sure. I think that's part of the reason why you saw them draft Ambry Thomas. You saw them draft Diamador Lenore. They're trying to replenish it there. But there are absolutely questions along this defense. Now, hopefully Bosa coming back, he looks good. Uh, Samson Abukum, the guy they got from the Rams, I think could be a solid pass rusher for them. They, that's the thing. They don't need like a stud on the other side of Nick Bosa. They just need somebody that could win their matchup because they're not getting double teamed. Bosa's getting double teamed. Armstead will get double teamed on the defensive line. So they just need somebody that can win one-on-one matchups. And hopefully that could be him. That'll be a huge, quite a huge piece to whether or not the Niners can get consistent pressure and, and help out that secondary a little bit. A hundred percent. And I do think we have to expect that the defense 
regresses a little bit without Salah because I do think leadership's such a big part of it. And unless like it's really hard to just like imitate someone, right? I don't think the uh, Ryan should come in and try to be Salah. That the the players will see right through that. So he's going to need to find his own way to become a leader, and that just might take some time. Like in this brand new position. I think the biggest key point um, I already brought up, it's it's Nick Bosa coming out and having an even better season than his rookie year. He was rookie defensive player of the year, but he needs to have even a better season. He's going into his third year now, really second year, because he missed basically all of it. But you need him just to blow up. He has to be the next, like, TJ Watt. Uh, a player like that where he can just like help the entire defense, you need him to be that player for this defense to be able to hold their own uh, and be one of the best in the league. I think it all lays on his shoulders. And that's a factor too, but You and you mentioned it. Like the Niners offense is kind of built for essentially a one-score game, right? Because their offense is everything orbits around the play action because that's what Kyle Shanahan is best at. He's good at disguising things, making plays look like other plays, running play action off of some of his outside zone plays, and picking up chunk yardage down the field. Well, if you're down by three scores, teams are not really going to be worried about the run game. So the play action is kind of it's less effective than it normally would be. So as long as your defense can just keep it close, that changes the offense because then you don't have the quarterback having to just drop straight back because that's, especially Jimmy Garoppolo, that's where he struggled the most. That is not where the Niners want to be playing with Jimmy. They want him to be able to do play actions, have easy reads, maybe half field reads, and be able to pick up chunk plays that way. And that all hinges upon the game, the defense doing enough to keep the game close. Yeah, and if you're playing behind Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, it's not the quarterback you want in the game. That's when you just have to go with Trey Lance and hope that he is fire right off the bat. You know, like get defenses uncomfortable. You're going to get more first downs with Trey Lance being mobile. Like he's going to be able to figure out different type of ways to get first downs that just Garoppolo is not going to be able to figure out. So just go with him. I mean, I it's hard to say. It's, I have a hard time saying bench Jimmy Garoppolo when all he does is win. Like he's just a winner. But I just, I were comparing him to Nick Mullins and Brian Hoyer. Like, so comparing him to those guys and comparing him to Trey Lance, I just think they need a decent quarterback. And I think Trey Lance can be that immediately. Uh, just put a decent quarterback in there and you should instantly do better than having Nick Mullins. Instantly. <laughs> It's such a low bar, yeah. right? It's such a low bar to be able to play, to look good. Let me ask you this. If you gave Trey Lance the 2019 49ers defense, do you think he'd be able to win some games? Because I do. That's what Jimmy had. That's why that record looks so good. He had a historically good defense. He did, and he did get to the Super Bowl, so give him some credit there. Uh, so it's not like he had this historically great defense and then lost uh, early on in the playoffs like big Ben keeps doing. So at least you don't, <laughs> at least you don't have that issue. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it just seems like as long as the 49ers have a decent quarterback out there, which is Jimmy Garoppolo, they win games. So that is something to be hopeful for as a 49ers fan. Cause it did feel like last year, the defense, like I said, they struggled with sacks. They struggled creating turnovers. Um, but they were okay when Jimmy Garoppolo was out there. It's the Nick Mullins always turning the ball over. Like, you can't have that. Trey Lance was very, very good at not turning the ball over at North Dakota State. You just have to hope coming into the NFL, he does the same thing. 
that's the other thing, too. The 49ers were fifth in yards allowed as a defense last year. Even with all the injuries, there were only four defenses that allowed fewer yards than San Francisco. Mm -hmm. They were lower in points allowed because the damn quarterbacks kept turning the ball over and and setting up the other team with a short field. Like, that's not a knock on on the Niners. So that, I think, is going to be a boost to the defense as well. Just a regular, non-turnover-prone quarterback is going to make them look a lot better. I hope it happens. Like, I'm desperate. I wish we could just start the season up right now because, like, I can't stand all the talking about it and having to wait months and months and months. But hopefully, I think that's what's going to happen. You just gave me a thought here. What about Julio Jones for your Steelers? Oh, that's the last thing they need, right? We have a stacked offense. Uh, Do you? Uh, yeah. Deontay Johnson is the most undervalued wide receiver in the league. I, I think he's fantastic. I call him Antonio Brown light. I think he can be just as good as him. I really, truly believe that. Wow. Chase Claypool was fantastic as a rookie. And we still have Juju Smith-Schuster, who reminds me of Heinz Ward in a way, where he's just a super strong wide receiver that makes clutch plays. Uh, and I, I like that we brought him back. He's not good for fantasy, no. And then they <laughs> Najee Harris the addition of him plus Pat Fryermuth, who will be a very good tight end in the league, I believe as well. Like they have a ton of receivers, no cap space. So Julio Jones has no chance, but uh, that's not something they need. They need a left tackle so bad. They need a tackle. Oof. I can't can help you, can you please Sorry. trade us Trent Williams? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you'd be able to afford that cap hit either. Trent's making some bank now. Yeah, no, they definitely can't. The The Steelers are, are going to look rough this year. That's for sure. But they definitely don't need a 32-year-old Julio Jones to be limping out there with Ben Roethlisberger. We don't need those two together. So then where do you think Julio ends up? Because the, the two other options that I see are the Patriots, who still need to upgrade their skill players even after spending a, a crap load of money this offseason. And then the Baltimore Ravens, who we know already talked to Atlanta before the draft to try and get a deal done with Julio. Yeah, the Ravens make sense. I mean, they did spend a first rounder in Bateman, but adding Julio Jones there would be nice. It's just like, how much are they going to throw the ball? And do you really want to spend that draft capital and that money on a wide receiver when even if you increase your passing attempts by 100, you're still under 500 passing attempts? That's just not the way that their offense runs. That seems silly to waste that much draft capital money on him. Uh, And like Bateman's a good wide receiver. I'm excited about him as a prospect. I think the Tennessee Titans make a lot of sense. They don't have another wide receiver besides A.J. Brown. It's A.J. Brown and then Josh Reynolds. That's their second wide receiver. So bring in Julio Jones. And if you have Julio and A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry, oh, like that's a hard defense. Stuff. That's a lot of physical guys. It's going to wear down defenses like crazy. Ryan Tannehill's a very good quarterback. Uh, I love that fit for him. I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know what their cap space looks like, uh, but I, I think that would be my favorite fit for sure. That would be, I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Just talk about like physical, raw strength. AJ Brown, Henry, and Julio. My God, like is anyone ever going to tackle these people? And AJ Brown already said that he would give up his number uh, if Julio Jones came because he loves Julio. Oh, well, that's it then. The deal's done. It's booking. They have to go out there. I mean, you can't just have AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, two amazing players, like two of my favorite players in the NFL, but you got to have some other options. They even got rid of Johnny Smith and they're going to go out there with Anthony Firstler 
Ooh, I just butchered his name. But uh, as their starting <laughs> tight end, it's like you got to get Ryan Tannehill some other pieces. So I'm all in on that Julio Jones trade to uh, the Titans. And uh, Corey Davis is now with the Jets, yep. too. So even he was sort of a little bit of help. It, but you're right. They need another target there. I could I could see that. Do you think that Julio definitely gets moved before the season? Because I do. I think he has to. I feel like every year we hear these trade rumors about these wide receivers making a lot of money who are hurt. Uh, but I, I do think the Falcons have to do something. And it's pretty much their only hope. It just stinks because they have such a bad defense. Like, the one saving grace was to have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts out there and just score more than everyone else. And if you get rid of Julio Jones, yeah, Calvin Ridley's still great, and Kyle Pitts should be very good. But you got rid of such a massive piece of your offense that it's like, uh, that's not it's not great for Falcons fans. No. Uh, sorry, guys. The future is not bright if you're a Falcons fan, at least right now. I mean, things can change. We'll see how it goes. But... Not great. I'd much rather be in the 49ers boat. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. We remind you, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you have a question, a fantasy question, or otherwise for Michelle or me, leave it in your review, and we will answer it on the show. Happy Friday, everybody. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. 